Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Laura Forehand, and I'm a Whole Brain Teaching staff member. I teach second grade in Missouri. I'm here with my wonderful friend, Rhonda. Hello, everybody. I'm Rhonda Arlton. I'm a second grade teacher out in Kansas, and I'm a Whole Brain Teaching staff member as well. And we are so excited to talk all about all things super improvers with you, but we have a special guest here and that's Miss Sarah Meter. You're very close. It's all right. It's better. We've <laughs> <laughs> been practicing that all day. Better. That's all right. So I am Sarah Meter. I am a middle school science teacher in Northern Illinois, uh, the associate director for whole brain teaching and on the executive board. And we also have Stephanie Meter on the executive board. So Stephanie and I laugh a lot that I'm Meter, she's Meter, and neither of us spell it correctly. So we don't expect anybody to know how to pronounce either of them. It's okay. I apologize. For that. <laughs> no worries. We are so glad that you're here. And I'm sure people in the upper grades are really wanting to know how this all works. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I mess up your names too all the time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's okay. It's all right. Well, I'm excited to be here too. I've, I've been listening to the podcast you two have done and you've just really done a wonderful job just helping to promote whole brain teaching and spread the joy and the fire of of all the strategies that whole brain teaching has to offer. So thank you both for, for the work you've been doing. Well, thank you. And thank you for being here. And we are excited to talk about super, super improver, especially on the secondary level, the middle school, high school level. So I kind of wanted to start by asking you um, why super improver is so important at this secondary level. That's a great question. Um, and I think it's the same answer as to why Super Improver is important from kindergarten through, I wouldn't even stop at 12th grade, I'd say through adulthood. Um, if you think of as an adult, if you think of things that you don't feel confident in, things that you don't feel that you're good at, typically we don't do them. You know, I am not a sports person. So whenever anyone wants to play sports, I'm always like, I'll just watch because I know I'm not good at it. And so it's really easy uh, for a kid, a teenager, a, an adult to kind of shy away from the things that they're not good at. So instilling the the belief in all human beings that growth is possible, you know, it's the idea of growth mindset, mm -hmm. um, that you can grow in anything that you're trying to do. Um, but that can feel really overwhelming sometimes. So when you when you have this idea of needing to get better at something, um, you kind of see it as running a mile long race and you're at the starting line thinking, how am I ever going to do it? So the idea of super improver is that you really are motivating students by rewarding them for those small improvements that they make. You know, you don't get to the top of the stairwell by jumping from the bottom to the top. You have to take it one step at a time. And mm -hmm. so with super improver, we're acknowledging every step along the way. And sometimes they go backwards. Um, but it just means that we have more growth, more improvement to make. And I think that's, to me, that's the most important part of whole brain teaching is we all as educators, I think, can believe the philosophy that we want to acknowledge improvement. You know, we want to really help kids to find out their level and, and help them grow. But Super Improver is the very first concrete strategy to use in the classroom that isn't just philosophical. It's a way of implementing a system to help you in a concrete way, acknowledge improvement and continue to motivate students to improve. So at the secondary level, I know we, 
we've had some other guests on talking about it, you know, like at the K4 level where it's individual. Do you guys do that in the secondary mm -hmm. level as well? Is it individualized like that? So at once you get to a place where you have, say, 150 students in a day, mm -hmm. doing the elementary version of Super Improver is just, it's very, very tough. I won't say it's impossible because before we had a secondary version of Super Improver, um, I did the regular version. I had, I think it was 125 students. I had 125 cards on the wall. Um, I gave out stars for individual improvement. I only saw my students for 40 minutes a day. Um, and I did it and it worked. And being able to acknowledge that individual improvement was awesome. Um, but it was, it was a task. And so after that year and really throughout that year, I talked with coach and the founder of Whole Brain Teaching, Chris Biffle, uh, and said, we, you know, we need to come up with a better plan. And so through his genius, um, I've always said that the most genius parts of Whole Brain Teaching are that it's so simple that you have to think, why didn't I think of that? You know, so many strategies are, are the brilliance is just in their simplicity. And that's the upper grade super improver, where instead of having an individual student card, you have a class period card. And so all of the students are working together to earn stars for their class period. Um, so you have to do a few different things, which we can talk about later in the podcast, too, um, to, to continue to bring in that individual component. Um, but the students are working kind of as a class, really building in that team aspect. So in a lower grade classroom where you'd have Johnny and Susie uh, having different cards, they can see what each card is. It's a competition in a way, even though the only way you can beat the other person is by improving in yourself. So it's really a self-competition, which I love. And in the upper grades, you have all of those same components. So it's just class period versus class period um, when you have each class working together like that. I like the idea of, of that teamwork. I, f I feel like it's important, you know, in the elementary level too, but I feel like middle school and high school, I just remember middle school being such an awkward time for me and to, to have that camaraderie with other students, um, having that like-mindedness. I just, I think that's awesome. Um, as far as super improver goes, I think that helps with that. So, Yeah. I'm nodding my head. Yes. Nobody can see us doing it, but I'm not. Yes, you're totally right. <laughs> well, and that's why one, you know, you have to find ways to make it work. And that's true with any whole brain teaching strategy. You know, you have to, um, this is the, the story that coach always gives at the end of any conference of, you know, art versus craft. Mm -hmm. Has anybody talked about that on a podcast no. yet? I haven't heard one. It's my, and I'm not going to tell it because I'm not going to do it justice, oh, but it's the idea that you can, you can learn a craft. You know, I can pull up a YouTube video and I can make one heck of a Christmas ornament and it's going to look exactly the same. You know, think of a second grade art class project where everybody does kind of the same thing, which are valid at certain times. Um, that's, a, that's a craft. And so in order to, to learn the craft of teaching, there's a lot of skills that you need. And the same is true with whole brain teaching where you can learn the rules, you can learn the reasons, you can learn the things to say, um, but you truly have to turn it into your own art. You know, once you're an artist, you know all the rules, but you know when to break them, you know when to change them up a little bit. Um, and that's what as teachers, you know, we are artists where we take the rules and sometimes we throw the rules out and sometimes um, we change them to fit our needs. Um, and that's, I think, the ultimate goal. And with Super Improver, so the rules of upper grades is that everybody is working, you know, together as a team, that we earn points, we earn stars as a team. Um, 
but to be an artist, you have to know when a student, and this is true probably in the younger grades too, you have to know that it's not about the stars. Even in, in any grade level, it's not about the stars. It's about motivating your students to improve. And so right. you know who those students are that need that motivation. Who are the students that need to be lifted up by you? Because that's really what Super Improver does, is it, it simply lifts up our students um, to help them feel what success feels like. Because some of our students, especially when I see them in eighth grade, they haven't really felt that in a really long time. Our struggling students, our beloved rascals, are beloved rascals because they don't feel that success all the time. And that gives me goosies to talk about because um, that's my passion is to, you know, to find ways to lift those students up. And so you have to kind of break those rules um, to, to give those students what they need in order to be successful. But I do love one thing you said is that students are kind of motivating each other. Um, and one of the tricks in upper grades is that you can start with um, one goal for your whole class. And so in the beginning of the year, I have, you know, my wall, I'm going to do hand gestures because I just do that when I'm teaching, right? Can't right. do that on a podcast. That's right. Um, but you have your, you have your super improver levels. So starting at scrub, um, just like you start at turtle and it goes, you know, all the way up. Um, and they're all available at wholebrainteaching.com if you're listening. So you can see what the levels are. And then in a younger grade class, you have all of your student cards. In an upper grade class, you have all of your class period cards. And on each class period card, I always start with a goal. And the first goal of the year is in seat at the bell. And all I do the very first day is I count the number of students that are in their seat when the bell rings. And that's the number that goes up on their card. And I, this is like the second thing that I tell my students that, hey, all right, so I noticed that, let's, let's be real, in eighth grade on the first day of school, if I get four of you in your seat at the bell, whew, that's amazing. That's, that's real life. So I'll tell him, you know, hey, four of you are in your seat at the bell. That is one of our expectations tomorrow. Let's see if we can break that record. Let's see if we can get five students in their seat at the bell. And I'm a very sarcastic teacher, so I make a big show of it, you know. But I guarantee you the second day, you'll have one or two or more kids saying, hey, get in your seat at the bell. And that's the goal of it, to get them to do it. So you can make, you know, once they they reach um, – enough stars on that card and they level up to the next card, you can change the goal. Um, and so I'll do, you know, has materials, comes to class with materials. So we'll do a material check. Um, and every year when we do that goal, I will hear students in the hallway on the way to my class saying like, do you have a pencil? You didn't have a pencil yesterday. You better be having a pencil today in class. You know, rainbows shoot out of my ears when I hear those kinds of things. And that's what we want. We want students to be holding each other accountable and lifting each other up, celebrating each other when they're making those improvements. And it's much easier to do it in an academic way. The power of having students helping each other, uh, reminding each other, lifting each other up. That's, that's what it's all about. And if you can do that, if you keep that in your focus, I think so many teachers get caught up in, am I doing it the right way? And did I say the right thing? And what am I supposed to be giving stars out for? And in all honesty, none of that matters. If you're getting students to um, motivate each other, if you're talking the language of improvement throughout your day, then you've won. And that's all, that's all you need to do. Yeah, I, I will echo everything you said. I will also say that until I started using whole brain teaching, I, ne I, I did not see my beloved rascals with the right lenses and mm -hmm. now, now that has transformed the way I see, like you said, they're beloved rascals for a reason. Um, 
you know, they haven't had the opportunity to really show what they know for whatever reason. And so um, that's one thing that I really love. I mean, there's so many things to love about whole brain teaching, but really that's one thing that I love. It has helped me change my focus on how I see those beloved rascals. So um, before we even started recording, we were talking a little bit about virtual and so many teachers are teaching virtually right now, or, you know, we're going through a wave where maybe some will have to go back to teaching virtually. So how does Super Improver look virtually at the secondary level? That's a really great question. And it's such a tough position for all of us in right now where I know things are so unstable. Um, we started the year off in person, but now we're doing remote for a couple of days and then we're going to be back, but we could be out. So um, I think in all areas, it's a struggle of trying to find balance of doing what your students need versus what you think you're supposed to be doing. Um, and I think everything we just said about Super Improver holds true for, for virtual and for the times that we're in now where um, if you can keep in your mind the lens of improvement, if you can continue to get your students, and I think this is the most important part, if you can get your students to talk improvement, to speak improvement as the language of their education, then anything else you do is extra. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's philosophical. So how do you do that in, in real life? Well, in my when we started the year in person, I had my super improver uh, up on my board. Um, I do have one um, class that's virtual all year. So I have six in-person classes and one virtual class, mm -hmm. so separate class periods. Um, but I put their super improver card up on the wall along with everybody else's. Um, and they earn stars the same way that my in-person students did for improvement. So the, my first goal with them was framing up. So that's one of the great virtual strategies in Coach B's new book, newest book, um, where you put your hand on your head and adjust your camera screen so that you can't see your hand anymore. And mm -hmm. I had a couple, I had several students who were just very uncomfortable with having their, their camera on. And I could have been that angry, you must have your camera on, you know, but that's not going to help them be more confident. So every day, if they had a little bit more of themselves framed up, if the camera was a little, you know, I had some really shy students. And so I talked with them through email, um, talked with them within Google Classroom and just kind of gave them a small improvement to work towards, you know, hey, you did great on the Zoom today. Tomorrow, here's what I'd like to see. Um, and then you can award stars for that individual student. That student earns stars for the whole entire class. Um, but you can set goals too for how many are on time. You know, just those simple goals of, you know, we had 10 students on time to the Zoom today. Next Zoom, let's see if we can improve that. Um, and just those simple non-academic goals really kind of get your class off to a good start. Um, when you're looking at academic goals, I think it's, it's harder to do it virtual because you can't do it in the moment. I can't walk around and see all of your papers right now. So I have to go through Google Classroom. So for me to do the academic improvement um, stars, it is proactive. So I have to do a lot of work before a Zoom. So then during a Zoom, I can say, wow, I saw six of you who had uh, much improved sentences um, or things like that, so that you can continue to bring in, and really it's on the teacher to to model that that improvement language that you should be speaking mm -hmm. all throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier about that individual component, so I think you kind of touched upon that, you know, both academic, virtually, and in the classroom. 
And so that's the, the way I understand it, that individual goal that they might have helps the, the whole class, right? It definitely can. Yep. I, I will say, I think it's important to mention that in upper grades, we've got two systems in at work through kinder through 12th grade, the scoreboard and super improver. And for people who are listening, who aren't as familiar with both, and even people that have maybe been using one and not the other for a while, the two systems are really easily confused. Um, and so, especially when you get to upper grade. So in upper grade to help that, to know when to use the scoreboard and when to use the super improver, um, they're actually merged together. So I have my um, goal for my students, you know, in seat at the bell or, you know, whatever the goal is, rule one, whatever that goal is. But then the only really other time they earn stars is using the scoreboard. So each class period has their own scoreboard game and we play the scoreboard game just as it's explained at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, and at the end of the class period, for every point they've earned on the scoreboard, so the difference between the positive and negative points. So let's say there were 10 positive points or 10 varsity points and um, eight scrub points, eight negative points. Well, the difference is two. So they won the scoreboard by two points. That's two stars that go on their super improver card. So in upper grades, the scoreboard is really tied together. So for those individual students, a lot of times I'll give them a, their own point on the scoreboard. And so that's how I really try to pull in um, the individuality of it. Like, wow, so-and-so is doing X, Y, Z. They just earned a score board point for everybody mark it on the scoreboard and then at the end of class you know all of their individual work and teamwork is what helps them to earn stars on the super improver and that's a pretty big difference between upper grades and lower grades and it's just a way to help manage the two a little bit better and if you go to holbrainteaching.com up at the top there is the, the menu list and the the seventh step of Holbrain teaching is power-ups and if you click on that power-up list you'll see a link to every Holbrain teaching strategy that there is um, as of right now. And one of them, right, because it's always changing and improving, <laughs> which we love. Holbrain teaching improves and grows too. Um, but you'll see under the super improver column that one of the power-ups for super improver is upper grades. And all of that is explained visually as always in Coach's great um, PDFs. So you can kind of see a visual representation of how the scoreboard and super improver are tied together, which is really nice. That is nice. That's yeah. nice. I appreciate you explaining that because I, I mean, not being an upper grade, I wouldn't have known that. But that's that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I was going to say there are some some differences between the elementary and the upper grades, and I like how you talked about the scoreboard and super improver being so tied mm -hmm. together in those upper grades. Um, so you had talked a little bit about um, how you reward students for improvement. Are there any other specific things you do in your classroom. I love the um, be in your seat by the bell and be ready. I mean, those are things I think I could use in second grade as well. Um, but are there any other, you know, any other tips and tricks um, that you use as far as, you know, awarding those stars or seeing improvement in students? Um, I think that the best advice, there's no magic bullet. There's no, you know, do this and you'll be successful. To me, it's just using the language of improvement that when you, it's kind of like, this is, a, I'm, I'm an analogy to science, so everything is an analogy to me. So to me, it's kind of like when you buy a new car, like if you bought a white car, you're going to see that same car everywhere and mm -hmm. you've never noticed it before, but it's everywhere. And it's the same with 
any kind of changes that you make. So when you start to think about improvement, when you start to make a conscious effort to look at ways to acknowledge improvement, you're going to start to see those, those moments everywhere. And it's just what you said earlier in that, you know, when you're thinking of your beloved rascals, you're looking at them with the wrong lens. You know, you go in the workroom or you go in your lunchroom and you talk about the same kid in the beginning of the year and you're still talking about him at the end of the year. But to me, that just means you're, you're looking at them, like you said, with the wrong lens. So mm -hmm. when you can look at them in a lens of improvement and start to acknowledge that and start to focus that and start to most importantly, get the students to talk in that kind of a language, that's when that's the magic bullet. That's, that's when everything really comes together. Because again, I can't stress this enough for anybody listening. It's not about the stars. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about the stars. The stars are just your way to motivate. So give them out like candy, you know, use them for a purpose, but don't ever, I, as a science person, I am very data driven. And I will say in the beginning, I wanted a pretty, pretty spreadsheet. I wanted to know what so-and-so had for their pretest. I wanted to know how many words a minute they could read. I want to know how many vocab and I wanted data so that if I was giving away a star, it was an earned star and take all of that data and throw it in the garbage because it's not about data. It's about, you know what? You did make an improvement, but I know you, I know you've got more in you. I know you've got more to grow. So I'm going to hold that star back because I want you to push yourself. And those are the thoughts that I have in my head. You know, I know they can give me more or that was, that was pretty good. But I think I think they can do it better. I'm going to withhold that star. But if I think, you know, we're feeling a little rough, we're feeling a little beaten up, I'm going to find those small moments of improvement, because that's what lifts your class up. You know, they, they aren't lifted up by yelling or by scolding or, you know, to be honest, in middle school, they're most of most of them, not all, but most of them aren't even motivated by failing grades. You know, it's why you have the same kids on the DNF list in the mm -hmm. beginning of sixth grade and the end of junior year, you know, they're not motivated by that. But people in general are motivated by praise, encouragement by growth. Mm -hmm. um, so we're back to that stairwell again. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the magic bullet. Um, I had one question that I was thinking about. So in like the, the lower elementary, like for second, second grade, um, third grade, for example, with our super improver wall, you know, it's, it's, the goal, if you will, for students to get to that Peregrine Falcon level, that Alpha Hawk level. So is that something that's done whole class or how does that look at the secondary level? That's a great question. So for me, my class is doing super improver. So I have a second, I don't have first period, I have prep. So second period, third period, fourth period, you know, all my periods that are up, they have their own card up on the wall. So if they make it to the top, which is that living legend level, mm -hmm. um, then will I take their picture as a class. I put their picture up on my board as a class. I tell them, you know, if you come back when you graduate high school, your picture will still be up there. When If you have kids and your kids go to our school and I have your kids in science because you know I will still be teaching here, your picture will be on the wall. That's like our big joke. Um, and so it works the same way that it does in elementary where you take an individual student's picture and put it up on the wall. If they reach the top, we just do a whole class. Um, and I, you know, some, they, they, we need to know that it's not ending. So it's not like if you reach it, you're done. Mm -hmm. um, and so I tell them that the more stars you get, the more interesting your picture gets. 
And so one of my favorite stories is that one year I had two classes that were really competitive with each other and they both made it to living legend. Um, and they were still competitive because I told them, you know, the more stars you earn, the more interesting your picture gets. And so I had one class that earned uh, way more stars on their uh, living legend card. Uh, so we have a McDonald's right down the street. Uh, so I took them to McDonald's, bought everybody an ice cream, and they all took their picture eating their ice cream cone. Um, so that was their like final, final prize. And a whole year's worth of work for an ice cream. I mean, that's really, that's really what it was. Yeah. I, I don't do trinkets or prizes mm -hmm. or anything else along the way. Your reward for winning is you move up a level. And that's, that's all that it takes. Yep. Yeah. Sarah, we have loved having you on the podcast. Um, I remember back when you did Periscopes, you're always just such an inspiration. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you being here with us and helping us understand this upper level super improvers team. But how can people get more information? You mentioned our website, of course. What, how else can they get more information on this upper level super improvers? Well, first of all, you're very sweet. And I have so loved seeing the two of you from just conference attendees to grow into just really inspiring role models for whole brain teaching. So thank you for all that you guys are doing. Um, if anybody's listening that is brand new to whole brain teaching, my first suggestion would be go to the website and look at the homepage. Um, Coach has four books out right now. The original is the Black Whole Brain Teaching for, for Challenging Kids. Uh, and that book is still incredibly relevant. Mm -hmm. um, we made a joke earlier that whole brain teaching is always changing. Um, but the fundamentals really aren't changing. So if you're brand new, I always suggest if people want an in-depth, you know, real meaty look at whole brain teaching to get the black uh, for challenging kids book, the yellow, the fast track book is exactly that. It is a quick read. It's a fast way to really dive into to all of what whole brain teaching is. Um, but everything of whole brain teaching is free. So you don't need the books. I, I know some people like a hard copy of a book. Um, and there is a lot of depth in those books but you don't need them. You can go to wholebrainteaching.com. Um, my advice is to start with step one and learn everything you can. Watch videos focused on step one, read the website, there's videos attached to it, um, and just learn everything you can. Um, the steps are in the order they are because you know that's really the order of implementation. So start with step one and only when you're ready, you know, move on to the next step, go as, go as fast or slow as you need to go. Cause we've all been to PD where we're all lit down, all excited. And we take our PowerPoint packet back to our room and put it on our desk and never do anything. So start as slow as you need to go. Yeah. Are you, can they contact you by email? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My email is Sarah Metter at wholebrainteaching.com. Uh, S A R A H M E A D O R at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, and my email is also on the website as well. So yeah, I, I, that's honestly, my passion is, is helping students, but it's also helping teachers. And I know that's why you guys are in this too, because, you know, we can affect our own classes of students, but knowing that if I could just help one teacher to help speak the language of improvement, mm -hmm. I'm helping her students too. So yeah, that's why we do it. That's right. This has been a really rich conversation. And I, I say this to Rhonda every time we start wrapping up that talking with our executive board, talking with you all really helps just um, uplift me and get me ready for the next day, especially in these really trying times of being a teacher and, and a lot of unknowns out there. So we are so very thankful that you came on and this 
this worked out for us to meet and talk together about Super Improver. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be sure to um, follow us on Podbean. And just like Sarah said, be sure to check out the Facebook pages and the Instagram pages. And until next time, we'll talk later.